0: Thank you for that introduction. Yeah, I'm kind of used to the fact I'm never going to get away from the chickens. Uh, If you weren't here, I used props and I had two whole, freshly store-bought chickens and slapping them together to make points. And I said that probably wouldn't forget it. Um, I was on a Zoom call this week in a meeting with someone, and we were doing something, and you do the introductions. And so as we did the introduction, I was like, yeah, I'm Pastor Andrew. And then when I got done, someone comes in, hi, Pastor Andrew, I was there when you were slapping chickens together on stage. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) But now they've given me my license back, I can have props on stage. (laughs) So the message I have for you this morning isn't one of those profound messages that you know, normally gets delivered here, but uh, it's just a message to encourage you and uh, to help us try to find unity in the church and with one another. So let me open up in prayer. Father, I just come before you, as you know, uh, my need and our need for you, that you would guide us and lead us, that you would bless these words. Holy Spirit, anoint these words to go forth, Lord, that your word would not go void, but come back void to you, but it would go and do what it is that you wanted to do, the purpose of it. Lord, I just pray for ears to hear more than what's being said, and eyes to see beyond what is just in front of us, Father. Father, that you would bless this day to draw us deeper in with you, and to keep us close to you, Lord, and to keep us on that journey that you've set us on. Father, speak to us today, individually and corporately, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm just going to get right into the word. I'm going to speak to you from the word of God here. In Ephesians 2, and it says, And you were dead in your offenses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived, in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest." So Paul has written this letter to the Ephesians. He's trying to explain to them who they were before they became into Christianity and what Christianity was doing. And so as he tells them that they were children Walking after these things and doing these things, this wasn't the way that it was meant for us to be. So, what are my props? They had to classify it and make sure it was good before I brought them up. But this is, as it says, the old man. The one that's about fashion, fun, being pretty, getting his identity in those things of the world. Those things are ungodly. This is who we were before we were brought into the things of God. And this is that person. As it talks about here in the scriptures of saying those things about where we were. So I use these scriptures in a couple of ways of understanding that this person here in helping me to navigate society that we live in, because this is the person that doesn't know. They're not awake to God. They don't know God's truths. And so therefore, For me, as a Christian, knowing what the scripture says, this is how I navigate my city of Madison and in the world. It's understanding that they're leaving from this place, from where they're lost, where they're deceived, where they're being led by the the prince of the power of the airwaves, and that the spirit now working in the sons of disobedience, that these are the people of disobedience and who I once was. And so now with that understanding of that, like I say, you navigate that, I see where I come from because this is that nature that everyone was living in and still lives in because we fell and separate from God in those things. So as we do that and live in that way and see that that's how it is, but then in that same thing, it says, but God, okay, y'all don't get that part. Yeah, you got to be in one of them Southern Baptist churches, all right? Just say it with me. You might feel it. But God, there you go, you see? It's like, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our workings. So, you know, it says his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our workings, so that's saying to me, like I said, that we're children of disobedience, they were and is. But God still loves this person. God sees who this person really is. And so like I said, it, I navigate by, with this scripture, society, because one, I know that they're just lost, they don't get it. And two, the other part, God loves this person. So however I may see this person, if you see someone, the way they're dressed, the way they're acting, you know, I'm getting better at not judging. I don't do it, as, I, I, I shut down pretty quick. Because one of the things I do though, when I judge, when I see somebody, and you always gotta follow up your judgment with, God loves that person. Jesus loves that person. So whatever judgment we try to make, we gotta understand the love of Christ is better than my made up opinion about this person. Because again, like I've said before, judging is easy. That's just me writing your story from what I see. I won't stop and talk because then I got to get involved. And I don't really got time for that. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna leave y'all alone. (laughs) But again, in that, and as it says, in his riches and glory that he loves us. You know, I look back at my own self of my life, and I know where that scripture is real, because as I, my young days of journeying as a Christian, I remember looking back at the times where I went to jail, but I didn't go to prison. I remember where I was in situations that death could have been there, but I didn't die. And so those places and those things where I look back and see in my life, hmm, it was like he was at work then for me. I wasn't praying, I wasn't going to church, but the presence of God was at work in my life. I had a praying grandmama. That always helps. But, you know, and that's the way I look back at that and I see that in God that he works in our lives like that and in doing those things. So as it says, and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Verse six, it says, and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the age to come he might show the boundless riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of yourself it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast For we are all his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So now it's saying what God has done in this area of this. So now we'll bring out this image. As I read this scripture here to you about what God has done, it's he's brought and saw in here what he was making over here, a child of God. So what we see here and what Jesus is saying, he is looking and seeing this and knowing that there's a potential for this. Just like it is for all of us in here today, that when we were walking here, God pulled us out of here and put us over here and now we know and now we see and now we understand that we receive the grace and the mercy of God and the goodness of God and we walk in this away. Yeah, go ahead and clap. Feel it, yeah, go ahead, go for it. Yeah, you clapping for God and what he did. You know, and let's just say that by the grace that he worked this for us. But see, this is complicated. This gets complicated for most of us because what this scripture is saying is what God did. Here's what he did, and so we can't boast, we can't say anything about it. But it gets complicated to be here because it's like, we always got, if somebody give us something, well, I got to give you something back for it. Or I got to do something to earn it. And so what God is saying, you don't have to earn this. This is about receiving. Receiving what God is giving, Receiving what the Lord has done for us in that way. And that we walk that out. Amen? To walk out what God has given. That gift of this salvation, of his grace, his mercy, and his love to us to be this person. But then just because we're being this person doesn't then mean we get to turn around and judge that person. This is now being here helps me to understand this person. You know, I always say, people usually say, well, I don't get addiction. I don't understand it. But to me, Christianity is a sobriety program. It's a sobriety program because this person here is always drunk on self. It's drunk on self. Whenever you graduated high school, it's like, oh, you did a good job. Here's a cup of you. You know, oh, you two are getting married. Oh, here's a cup of y'all, you know? (laughs) And everything was just a cup of this and a cup of that. And so we did that. We drank. Oh, I did this. I did that. Oh, give me this reward. Give me a cup of this. And then it's like, this is who it is. But now we're over here. And now it's not about me drinking. It's about me receiving the grace and the mercy of God and learning to live out that which God has granted me and being able to receive that. You know, a lot of it is that even when we become here, you know, there's certain times where we have to let go of some of the things mom and dad taught us that we might have been taught by mom and dad. You know, and that was one of the things in my development as a Christianity. I mean, parents meant well. They did well the best they could. But as you become a Christian, there's just some things you can't hold on to. And like I said, one of them is, you know, receiving. It's learning to allow God to give to you and show you and take you somewhere. In verse 19 of Ephesians 2, So then you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints in our God's household, in God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophet Christ Jesus himself, being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling in God's spirit. So this is also showing me now through these scriptures is that as God has moved us here and I'm here as a Christian, but it's bigger than me. It's saying now I'm being fitted together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm being fitted together with my brothers and sisters that walk in Jesus Christ. So it's showing me here that God has pulled me out, but now he's like, hey, but I want to unify this. As it said in Christ, who is the cornerstone of the building together and of the doing things together. So it's about working and living together, that it's just not about me. It's about what God's plan is. 2020, 2021, you know, I personally said, like Satan threw a grenade into the church. He threw a grenade of sickness, politics, And racial. And there were some people who got wounded, who got hurt. And I think there was even some people who lost their spiritual life. But he threw that into the church. And as I tell people, the church got revealed. Because the unity of God was not there. You see, because the whole thing of what God's saying is, I'm bringing you out to put you together with some because he's building something. And so what I'm learning is that if anything that I deal with that is apart from God, that is apart from God that will bring division, I can't have that in my life no more. I can't deal with that. You see? Because I have to be about God's unity with my brothers and sisters. And to journey in that. Amen. Amen. We was more influenced by society than the church influenced society. I don't have Facebook or Book of the Face, you know. Um, Never had it, don't have it. And it just always has amazed me how people get on there and just have family fights that I hear about. The, The whole family just fighting with everybody else reading their words and stuff. That's just crazy. But as I also was talking with people who do have it, there were some people who were telling me, yeah, I had to get out, I had to turn it off. It was getting pretty ugly. The things Christians were saying to Christians and doubting people's faith. And so when Christians are doubting Christians and speaking to Christians, but then your unbelieving relative is watching and seeing what's being said to you with your own Christian brothers and sisters, and then why do you wanna talk to me about Jesus? What point are you supposed to make to me about Jesus? Because I see you being offended. I see you being hurt, when that's not what God says. He's saying, I brought you here to fit you together, to put you in these places. You see, the journey from here To hear that as you hear as this child of God, there's still that journey and that process that goes along, that happens. There's that process where sometimes you want to reach over here and grab something and pull it over here. You know, as I'm a child of God, but I still reach back for some of them old things and try to put it over here. But all that does is contaminates this. It's kind of like, well, I don't want to be this person again, but I'll just take a few of these things from over there and bring them with me over here. And then that begins the journey of trying to walk it out with God that, okay, I got to get rid of that. Because, you see, it's always a journey in this spot of traveling with God. Last February, it's been a year, my whole process, and dated it from February to this February, it's been a year, of really intimate stuff God was just doing with me. And, and, and working in me. And a part of that was, you know, there was some stuff that in my life, many years, that I thought I had distanced myself from. Some old way of life, just things, relatives, people. I don't, I don't do that anymore. And then what I found out was I didn't distance. I just suppressed it. And so there was stuff that I had to deal with. I had to understand loving someone who, I don't know, I loved him, but he was mafia. And so I had to, reckon, had to figure out how to reconcile that within myself. And I never did. And it's one of those things when God is working on you, and he's bringing you through, and you're doing these things, And God was really doing a lot of work inside of me, intimate work. And then several months, I kind of figured what he was doing. Then he started showing me. I'll say it like this. I used to didn't like hanging out with pastors because I don't like hanging out with pastors. The pastors around here, they're my coworkers, so they don't count. But I've just never liked doing groups of pastors don't do those things. It's always positioning and posturing, and, and my people, this, and it's just the language. I just, that wasn't it. But a part of what God was doing in me, as God was working in me and processing in me, was because He had these doors for me to go through. And behind all three of those doors were a group of pastors. <laughs> it was. And, and I was like, okay. But the thing of it was, as I looked at that and as God worked on me, because the guy back then couldn't go through those doors. So God had to do some work because he had some doors that he wanted me to walk through. So I encourage you that if God, if you feel God is working on you, if you feel like God's picking on me, he wants me to deal with something, he's trying to show me something, He wants to work on this. He wants to pull the scab off this wound. He wants to reveal this so that I might have to give forgiveness. Whatever it is that God might be doing, that's because he may be preparing you for a door he's got for you to walk through. Amen? So it's up to us to allow God to do that work. To do that work in us because we are here for a purpose. God pulled this person out of here because he's got work to be done. And God is anointed and gifted this. The one thing I know and truly believe that everyone is gifted and talented. And some people sit in their gifts and their talents and don't even know how gifted and talented they are because they've never let God put them in a position to grow and to show them those talents, to move in those ways. Amen? Pastor Sarah had shared about me and her being in this Missio Madison where you're learning to know your neighbors and learning to speak to your neighbors and stuff. I know the people on my block, but I don't know the rest of the people in my neighborhood. And I'm not trying. I'm sorry. You know? I, I'm not. I'm trying to go home. I just dealt with people all day. I, I want to go home and just be here, you know. But again, that's where God is working on me. This is why I didn't want to be a pastor because, it's like God, I don't, I don't want people put me on no pedestal, you know, because I got work to do. <laughs> you know, it's true. But in that, you know, learning is God working on me in that. And one of the things was it was one day I was snow blowing, and I got home. It's late. I'm tired. I want to go in the house. I'm snow blowing. And I'm one of those guys, if I'm snow blowing, you're supposed to walk around me. You ain't supposed to come down and make me stop. You you see what I'm doing. You go around. And so I'm snow blowing out there. And all of a sudden, my young neighbor, two houses down, comes out. I see him coming out and I'm snow blowing up. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, which way is he going? And uh, all of a sudden, he turns and he comes my way. I'm like, he's coming down here. Oh, goodness gracious. Don't he see what I'm doing? And as I'm sitting there snow blowing and he's coming, and I'm thinking, now, he's intentionally walking down here. And, you know, he comes down and all of a sudden, but now it's like, O. Madison is happening in my head. I'm supposed to greet him. I'm supposed to say hi. So I shut the mower down, a little blower down, and I talk to him. Say hi. Tells me about their trip, his baby, his family, and all of that. And then when he's done, he walked off. And then I patted myself on the back. I'm a good guy, good neighbor, you know. But, you know, it's things like that that you're changing and the ways that we do things and how we are. And a part of that, like I said, when God is revealing and we have to look at things, it kind of makes me wonder. I had to ask myself, why am I so reserved like that? Why am I so, where did this happen in my life like that? And those are those things that God wants us to do so that we can take a look at those things and challenge ourselves in that. You know, was at a meeting Friday, and this guy was talking about um, how godless Madison is, and that Madison is like 11 on the charts of godless places or whatever. And I just don't believe that Madison is godless. I don't believe that. I just think the church is quiet in Madison. I just think the church is just silence here. And this is the whole thing with this Missio Madison. It's like trying to show us how to be out in our communities, how to know our neighbors, how to intentionally engage them. How do we know when a neighbor somewhere in our neighborhood that their mom died, that their, someone died in their family, that we would know that? That's the church. That's the church being loud. That's the church living out loud. That then we would, they would know God is in Madison. You know, I had this thought one time. If we all just got to Woodman's or Target, whatever your place is, pick and save, I don't know. But if we all got to the door of before we went in and we said, Lord, if there's someone in here you want me to pray for, put them on my heart. Show me who it is. If we all did that, if out of all the churches, there's, I, I found out in a meeting there's 325 or 300 and some churches in Madison. And if all different people were doing that at the door to ask God to, if there's somebody in there, I feel like if you're going shopping, you'll be like, excuse me, reaching around because people are in there praying. Every aisle you go down, somebody's getting prayed for. That you would walk into the store and see prayer just happening. Because people have asked God, if there's someone for me to pray for, let me know. And then we would go in there and God would show us and then we'd pray. But I haven't seen that yet. One, because, again, we're always about our image. You know, in one of our meetings, in this Missio Madison, this girl said something to me. And when she was challenging us about being a part of our community, about being a part of our neighborhood... And then she's like, yeah, and have you talked to your neighbors, see what they're doing, and see what God is doing with your neighbors, see what God is doing. And I just was like, huh, see what God is doing? With that divorce people? With them and with that and with this and with that? And it just hit me in a way, like, I never thought about that. Because most of the time as Christians, we always think we got to bring God. And sometimes we do. But there's also a God who is at work in Madison. So whatever people may say, it's godless. God is not void from Madison. He cares about people in Madison. He's working in people's lives in Madison. There's other people with praying grandmamas in Madison. Okay? And so a lot of it is now that what it is is when God asks us to pray for someone. If you somewhere and God say, hey, I want you to pray for this person. God's inviting us in to partnership with him because I'm doing something right now and what I need is for you to come in and do this part. And that way, I'm answering someone's prayer who has been praying for this person. I'm bringing confirmation to, to, to something someone has said to this person that we join God in prayer in doing those things. As my daughter reminded me, that we are children, we have the identity as the child of God. We have the rights as a servant of God to serve him, to be there to do those things, amen? And so those are the things in which God is saying to us as he's bringing us together here and putting us together in who we are and what we're doing, that I am not of myself, I am of my brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, as I talk about that, I was going to, when I had the chickens, after I was done, someone had asked me, uh, a young lady was very concerned, she was like, well, what are you gonna do with those chickens? You know, she didn't want me to waste them. And I was like, no, I will be cooking them up, so I did. But I wanna make a reference to Miller uh, Light Beer, and I thought, I was like, "Well, I'll get a bottle." And it's like, "No, get a six-pack." And then that way, after the service, when somebody says, "Well, what are you gonna do with that beer?" <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just joking. That ain't my flavor. <laughs> but the thing of it is, with that Miller Lite beer, I don't know if you remember this, but there used to be an ad campaign about "Taste great, less filling." Taste great, less filling. And they would just argue about that back and forth. Well, it's true. From what I heard, it tastes great and there's less filling. But it's the same one bottle of beer. But that seemed the way the church was. Just found something to argue over and get divided about and just start doing Tastes great, less filling. Anything, again, that does not bring unity to the kingdom of God, we are not to have anything to do with it. It, is, it does not belong. I don't care if that's your politics, whatever. If it's going to make you undo the work of God, then I don't want no part of it. None. Ephesians 4. Therefore, I am a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with peace, with patience, bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you also were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all, in all. One baptism, one Father, one Lord, That's who we all serve. So if you're Democrat, it's one God. If you're Republican, it's one God. If you're in the middle, it's one God. It's one spirit. It's one Lord at work to bring unity in his body, of his children, in his family, and in his house. That's what he's about. And there's just one that we can follow. You know, it seemed like back then, too, there was a lot of people felt as though they were fighting for God. My Bible don't tell me I fight for God. My Bible tells me God fights for me. So I can't be out here like, I'm fighting for God. No, that's not it. He's not saying that. He's saying peace, humility, patience, kindness. That's what God is saying. You know, if you think you're fighting for God, he says, vengeance are mine, says the Lord. So God says, I'll fight for you. You sit down. I got this. You just hold on. You be patient. Trust in me. Wait on the Lord, and I'll do this. And that's the way this goes as we do this. And as he's saying, one body, one Lord, one faith in all. So you see how big this is? Is that God pulled us out of that to make us here and on that journey, then we're bound together with one another that then we can be of our father's house and our father's faith and what he is doing. And then when that is happening, then they will not say that Madison is godless. Then they will know that the presence of the Lord is in Madison. And the more we lean into that, then our neighbors will begin to say, it seems like the presence of God is in our neighborhood. It seemed like the presence of God is on our block. And that's where we partner with God and where we bring God into places. So we can do both. We can take God to a place as well as we can partner with Him in where He's at and where He's working. You know, it's the image where you see the, the image where you see the mob bosses sitting at the table. The boss from the north side sitting with the boss from the west side. And they're sitting at the table to negotiate. But they're sitting at the table in the opposite because on his, behind his back, he's got his men. And behind his back, he's got his men. And so when we line up with God in the unity of God and all of this, I can sit at the table with anybody because I know who's got my back. I can sit at the table with those who oppose because I know God's got my back. So who I'm sitting across from, no matter how opposing it may be, God's got my back. So I can sit here with humility. I can sit here with patience. I can sit here with kindness and not fear and no need to fight because God is showing me what to do and how to be and where to go. And so that's the way it is. At this time, we're gonna have the worship team come up. So in this message that I'm trying to say, like I said, it's just an encouraging one to encourage you that we need to live our lives in a unified way. We first need to understand the importance of God in our lives and the things that God is doing in us and allow God to make those changes. If one person is doing things right. If one person is doing it, then that's where the presence of God comes into our lives. That's where the presence of God works in us and on us. And we allow that to happen and to be there. Amen. There was a time and I would walk through Madison, especially downtown, and I would walk looking down because I didn't want to engage people in their eyes and go through the social norms of games and just that and the judgments and all of those things. And I remember thinking, we went on a trip and we went to Texas and everybody there was saying hi. Everybody would say hello and say hi. And I got to thinking, we're mean in Madison. People will look at you and walk right by you. My sister taught me this one thing. If you look at me too long, you're supposed to say hi. So a lot of times, if like kids or whoever, they start looking at me and they look too long, I just go, hi. You're looking that long, we're supposed to say something. But the thing was that God taught me in that was to lift my head and my eyes forward. So I just want to say that today, that as we as the church, as we be unified in the workings of God, as we carry the truth of God and our love for God and his word, and as we believe in him, let's not let them call our city godless. In whatever way that we can do our small part on our block, in our neighborhood, however, that the presence of God can be in Madison. So I just ask that we walk forward, walk with our heads up and our eyes forward and our hearts open and our willingness and readiness to obey Christ, to obey God in whatever way he wants to lead, whatever way he wants to use us. He brought us out for a purpose because he's on a mission and he's asking us to join him in that mission. Maybe you're here today, someone brought you, your guest, and you're living in this part of life right now where you're walking in that way without God. If you'd like to change that, I'll be down here praying. We're gonna have some teams of people down here praying. We'd wanna pray for you. We wanna pray that you can then come over to this other side, that you can know what it is to walk in the light with Christ. So join me in prayer, please. Father, I thank you that you've allowed me this opportunity to speak and to bring forth your word. Father, I just pray now that you would confirm your word in your sons and your daughters. Lord, that you would rise them up, that you would begin to help them grab hold of the valuableness that is within them and who they are. Lord, of how you love them, how you see them. Father, that you would let them know that there is work to do, Lord. Yes, for them. That you have qualified them, Lord. Father, I pray that we would be done with the spirit of disqualifying ourselves. And just receive your gift of qualification. That it is not by us and our power, Lord, but it is with you that we partner. It is in your strength, by your spirit, that we move and we do, Lord. Will you bring confirmation to your sons and your daughters in this way, Father? Would you take us out there, Father, in whatever way we can to show and to take your presence into Madison? Father, you are real here. You love the people here. You are doing a work here. And I just pray that you would bring us along with you And what you're doing in Madison. Lord, what you're doing here in City Church, continue to bring unity, Lord. Continue to bring that bond with one another. In spirit, Father, we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, be blessed.